Now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Ryan, we all have those moments where you have betting regret, right? Where you look at something and you yeah. say, this makes sense, but I'm not ready to pull the trigger on it. Clay Thompson had 17 points on 7 of 11 shooting and 3 of 6 from 3 in the first half. Off the bench for the Warriors. Golden State is up 84-71 on Utah. I I, I said it to you, didn't I? 13 and a half. Found out he was coming off the bench. Thought, oh, this could go two ways. He could mope or what's more likely is he's going to go out there and say, I'll show you, Steve Kerr. I'll show you what happened. I'm going to get things right after that bad foul against the Clippers last night. 13 and a half, easy number, minus 105 to the over. Great price, 17 in the first half. I regret it. I said it to you. I should have done it. I had my phone right here, and I didn't. And I'm very, very upset with myself because now it's all gone. The, like, there, I'm sure, I don't even know what the live number is. Uh, I'm sure it's something that is going to be no fun whatsoever. Let's see. Clay Thompson, eh, not up on the board at the moment. Well, maybe they'll put it. No, that would be insane. Uh, no, that's not up right now. BetMGM does not have it up. Only Steph at 29 and a half right now. So uh, maybe they'll put it up at some point and give us a chance. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not going to be in the game right away because he's coming off the bench. So uh, they have a few minutes, I guess, to set that number. Damn. You know, that could be another yep. dis- biggest disappointing player this year. Maybe Clay Thompson, right? I mean, I know he's coming off the injuries, torn ACL, uh, torn Achilles, and you look at this and say, well, yeah, this guy went through horrific injuries. Of course he's not going to be the same player. But to just see him kind of regress from the clay that we know, with the, the shots not falling like you talk about where the shot selection looks bad, but really it's just clay being clay, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's disappointing to watch Clay Thompson come off the bench for a team because you never would have expected to see it. I loved watching those Warriors teams in their primes, man. Yeah, same here, man. I really did, too. Um, By the way, shout out to uh, North Texas, who beats Memphis. Memphis in a slide right now. And uh, I love being at home here in Maryland because I use the BetMGM app and the cash um, already in my account. So that's a beautiful thing. You You know, what I was thinking about this during the break with Steve Kerr, this is where this could end up paying off. I know I've said that like a billion times with Clay Thompson, but this is also where with Steve Kerr, you could tell that he's a disciple of Greg Popovich and a disciple of Phil Jackson, because not many coaches, Mm -hmm. especially coaches that have been with, um, you know, like their core guys, like Steph, Draymond, and Clay, would bench these guys. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't Mm -hmm. see Doc Rivers ever benching Kevin Garnett or Paul Pierce, could you? But Phil Jackson, you know, would make guys come off the bench, or he would draw up a final play for Tony Kukoc rather than Scottie Pippen, and Scottie Pippen, even though that was the year that he was all-star MVP. That was the year that he averaged like 27 a game. He was the reason that the Bulls won 50-plus games and was the MVP of the team. And he sat the most important play through the chair. And Phil Jackson was like, whatever. You know, and Greg Popovich, same thing. You know, remember when Tony Parker mm-hmm. had to take a lesser role? He made Tony Parker go to the bench for George Hill. And Tony Parker was mm-hmm. super pissed off about that. That's where you could tell like Steve Kerr, like he has the respect of his guys. They might get pissed at him. Kind of like uh, Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey. Although I don't think Andy Reid liked that too much, man. I think he was like, get out of here, meat stick. You know? Uh, but but I do think that, like, Steve Kerr and Clay Thompson <laughs> do have respect for each other. But I also think that, like, he's a hard-nosed coach. And um, you could tell that he came from that coaching tree. Or, you know, was influenced by those guys. Because not a lot of coaches do that anymore, man. These these players run this league. You think, you think anybody's benching Giannis? You think Doc Rivers is making no. Giannis be the sixth man? Absolutely not. But Steve Kerr, 
Um, that's his pop minute uh, moment right there. Could you imagine Budenholzer going to Giannis and telling him he isn't playing well and he's going to come off the bench? Giannis, uh, after the game, we'll go get a bottle of wine. You know, it'll be a little random because I am your coach. <laughs> no, I could not. It's it's not how this league is anymore, man. These, the no. players run the league. They made sure of that. Um, but, yeah. Oh, I mean, also, though, Steve Kerr isn't benching Clay Thompson at 25, 26 years old. This is a different version of Clay. Right. And, honestly, like, if he's going to be motivated if, – if, that's the other thing. Some guys just can't come off the bench or don't like to come off the bench. Remember a lot of guys would have to be on the stationary bike. A lot of guys just can't accept that role. But I mean, if Clay Thompson is going to come off the bench and drop 17 in the first half, maybe they found a new role for him. It, maybe next year we could look at some Clay Thompson six man of the year props. <laughs> See, this is, or, this was John my Stark next thought. On the role, Nick. <laughs> yeah. But remember they got Latrell Sprewell. So that, that changed things a little bit. That's yeah. that was my thought though was okay this clearly worked now there's no way Steve Kerr goes back to having him start the next game Clay's going to come off the bench for a while he he has to if you're Steve Kerr you found maybe something that's going to bring you magic they put up 84 points in the first half I know it's the Jazz but they put up 84 points in the first half this is a great opportunity now for Steve Kerr to say all right we're switching things up if we really want to keep this thing going we really want to get this team back on track and squeeze all the juice that we can out of the the last little bit of this uh this core. This is how we're going to do it. Now that means you're going to finish games, but we're going to bring you in a little late. You're going to go up against some second units. It'll make you better defensively. It's going to give you an opportunity to find a rhythm. I I think this may be something that has the potential to carry over for a while for the Warriors. The question becomes is Clay Thompson really to put that that ego aside and accept this role? And that's what we don't know yet. I understand they got a great culture. These guys like winning. But when it's easy to say you're all about winning and culture and all that and team. But when it comes down to you having to make the sacrifice, Clay Thompson hasn't had to make any sacrifices yet in his career in terms of role and shots and all that. Now, how does he respond to this? That's the question. Maybe they're just really trying to piss him off so then they could package him for LeBron mm. James. That makes that that probably it, yeah. And Bronny, Bronny too. Gotta I mean, have they, them both. I mean that those that was the report, right? And the rumor that the Warriors. I, I mean, I always laugh I when I see that on social media. Though I saw one uh, that popped up, and sometimes these are even from credible sources. And it's like in the off season, Knicks could you know make some phone calls for Giannis. It's like, well, no, no they can't. Um, well, they can make I, I, calls. I, they're just not going to get anywhere. Well, that's what I mean. Like, they're not going to get anywhere, though. So, mm -hmm. like, everybody's going to make calls on everybody. It, like, none of this is ever going to add up to anything. But I do – I would love to see LeBron finish his career with the Warriors. I would love to see Bron and Steph together. Even, even like, old versions of, versions of themselves. Yeah, like, sign me up for that. Not, like, too old, but, like, within the next two years, I still yeah. – I'd probably play some futures if, if we pair those guys together. For sure. Yeah. All right. I mentioned Clay Thompson as a disappointing player, but he wouldn't be my most disappointing player. I got to say, man, I, I know it wasn't expecting him to be a star. I mentioned it a little bit before, like a real all-star, but I expected a big year from him. Jordan Poole's been a mess. Jordan Poole, yeah. uh, right at the top for most disappointing player for me so far this year. Just because you got the opportunity, you got the role, you said it was your team, and... You have been one of the biggest disasters, one of the most inconsistent players that we've seen this entire season. You, like, the role is there for him. 
Everything is there. It's not like you got to worry about making sure Steph gets his shots and Clay gets his and like he had in the past. No, this is a team that's rebuilding. And anybody that actually looks good, they're going to trade away for picks anyway, like Daniel Gafford. So, like, what are you – like, the Jordan Poole situation is mind-blowing to me. He looks like he is checked out, wants nothing to do. And I get it. It's a rebuilding team. He's used to a winning team. But, yeah. I mean, this guy came from the – he really came up – I know it was a first-round pick. But G League guy, for a lot of it, developed, grew, really worked on his game. You think, like, okay – had the work ethic, got so much better, got the bag, and then everything has gone south ever since then. Yeah, and I got burned by Jordan Poole like for the first two weeks mm -hmm. of the season because I figured he was going to be one of those guys where it's like you said, man. He's not going to go to Washington. They're going to win 50-plus games. He's going to be an MVP yeah. candidate. But I thought he was going to go to D.C. and kind of do what Kyle, Kyle Kuzma did in D.C., does in D.C., and that's put up numbers at least. I figured he'd average like anywhere from yeah. 24 to 27 points per game. Hell, we were talking about him potentially like leading the league in scoring, which I know sounds crazy now, but if you go back and you watch yeah. Jordan Poole, especially the year that Steph got hurt, I mean, look at the numbers that he was putting up. You figured he was only going to get better. Instead, he's regressed. I, it seems like something happened like mentally after that whole Draymond thing. You know what I mean? And I thought it was just yeah. maybe he needs to yeah. change his scenery. I don't know. He's also made a lot of money, and he's got a championship ring. And now he's yeah. here, and maybe he's just not very motivated. But I thought he'd at least be motivated to to be a halfway decent player and come through on some props. I will never play a Jordan Poole prop ever again. I don't care who's in town. <laughs> I don't care the matchup. I'll do it. Unless it's turnovers, I'm never playing a Jordan Poole prop ever again. <laughs> you know what, man? He's burned me way I, too I, many I times. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. It's just, it's really, it's not worth it to just put yourself through no. that stress. That's why I tell you. Although I will say... Again, I said at the top of the show, Danny Avdia and Marvin Bagley. Those two guys, they're getting a lot of opportunity there. They put up really big numbers recently, and the Wizards are giving them the green light rest of the season. So those are props that I would go all in on the Wizards. Yeah. And really quick, another guy that's been pretty disappointing to me, and I know he's injured, right, and he didn't play a whole lot this season. But when Zach Levine was on the floor – you know, and you look at the contract that he gets to stay in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I just never really liked him and DeMar DeRozan. I never liked the fit. I liked them, like, individually. Um, not so much Zach. I love DeMar. I liked them when Lonzo was on the floor. Once he got hurt, it all went to hell. And they should have moved both of them, to be honest with you, and just blew that whole thing up. Even when Zach was on the floor, though, he averaged 35 minutes, 19 points per game, five boards, and 3.9 assists. Yet all offseason long, all summer, like, he was the name we kept hearing about. Oh, imagine, you know, if Levine goes to the Lakers, this could be the missing piece. No, dude. He's a guy that's averaging 19 points per game on a team that's been rebuilding since 1998. Like, he's been a huge disappointment, mm -hmm. even when he's been on the floor. And that's why there's absolutely no trade market for him. I mean, there is a market for him, but mm -hmm. the Bulls, like, think that they're going to get any return. At this point, you just have to cut ties and just blow that thing up all over again. You really mm -hmm. do, though, because, I mean, if you keep kicking it back with Vooch and DeMar DeRozan, you're not bad enough, and you're definitely not good enough. So what are you? You're in hell, in basketball hell, NBA yeah. hell. Like, the Knicks have figured that out, though. They, like, they sucked, and now they got Jalen Brunson. They sucked until they had that one offseason where they were like, okay, we're going to throw money at a player. And then, I mean, obviously you have mm -hmm. to hope that that player pans out. But the NBA is so much right. different than the, than the NFL. In the NFL, you don't win through free agency and spending a bunch of money. You can make your team better. But in the NBA, that is really how you win your championships. 
You know what I mean? It's mostly yeah. through free agents. Like you get LeBron or you get a star player and then you have him recruit. What about the biggest surprise team for you? Right? You didn't mention the biggest surprise team. I know we talked about it, but we didn't really get into it that yeah. much. I mean, I'll tell you mine. Timberwolves yeah. for me. Timberwolves are Timberwolves. Are, here's the thing. With Minnesota, that's a team that I thought for years could take that next step. And they haven't done it. They haven't done it. They haven't done it. So I, really looking at it heading into this year, it was going to be a lot of Anthony Edwards. And it's going to be uh, you know, probably about six, seven seed kind of in that spot. Chemistry is not going to be there because we haven't seen it yet. They're great defensively. They're a great scoring team. Everybody seems to understand their roles. And they're the number one seed in the Western Conference right now. Yeah, man. So um, I don't want to steal your thunder. I was going to go with Minnesota, but I agree with you on Minnesota. I liked Minnesota mm-hmm. last year, and I liked uh, OKC coming into the season. I didn't know they were going to be this good. So I'd go with probably mm-hmm. the Cleveland Cavs, who last season I was like they could be a top five seed in the East. Now, other than Boston, they might be the best team. Seriously. I like Donovan Mitchell when he's right. I like Evan Mobley. I like Jared Allen. I like the pieces. I like the depth. And, like, they're finally living up to what we thought that they were going to be last season. I'd probably go with the Cavs. And then, like you said, Timberwolves, um, who I really liked the pickup of Gobert last year. Didn't really work out for them, but now they look really damn good. And then OKC. I just wonder, is OKC playoff ready? Or are they just a really good regular season team? Kind of like last year's Kings. You know, they won some mm-hmm. games in the playoffs, but th- they weren't good enough to, you know, get to the conference finals. I-, I just, I don't, I think that's probably where OKC is. But who knows? Because those guys are damn good. She- I mean, and it's not like they're the, like, Shea's been around, too. That's mm-hmm. that's what people forget. And he- and he's the go-to if guy, just- so. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've just sat him down when this team was still trying to rebuild, and now this was the point of the first time where they're like, okay, let's actually take advantage of this. I thought they'd be a fifth or sixth seed in the Western Conference. And again, they still could be. They could fall off. But and right now, you're watching a team that looks like a legit championship contender on paper, though I do not think the Thunder are getting the NBA Finals or Minnesota because they're younger. And as I've said before, like you said, right, playoff ready versus regular season ready, that's like the next step of the development of a team. I'll even throw another surprise team at you. But you, sir, were in from the beginning. So I have come over to your side of things, the L.A. Clippers. Those Clippers, my friend, look like a true championship contender. They look like a team where everybody knows their roles, which is, again, really important. Kawhi said they're just winning off of talent right now. But you're starting to see more than that. That win over the Warriors last night, that comeback, was so impressive. And they've done that a lot this year. To see now where everybody understands what their place is on this team, like Russell Westbrook, those big offensive rebounds that he had in the fourth quarter, that put-back dunk, and you're seeing, like, he now knows, okay, this is me. I've got it. i figured it out. I'm comfortable now. This is when I'm going to, like, everything just seems to be clicking. James Harden was the perfect fit for this team, but that is the regular season. There is still the playoffs. The difference, though, is that when yeah. James Harden disappears in the playoffs, Ryan, what happens? You got Kawhi. You got Paul George as long as they're healthy and you're in a good spot. Now, the Clippers do struggle against teams with length. Uh, I think that's going to be one thing if they're up against, like, Minnesota or Oklahoma City in the playoffs. That could be a problem for them there. But the L.A. Clippers, man, big, big surprise for me. I did not think this, especially when it started off, it looked horrific there. And here they are. This is a team now that could only get better after the All-Star break. Wrap it up next, BetMGM Tonight.